I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Tech Central podcast brought to you today by Rico. Now, I'm very pleased to welcome a stalwart of the South African tech industry to the podcast, now living back in the UK, and that's Mark Taylor. Mark, I was just trying to uh, remember uh, some of the roles you've been involved in in the in the tech industry here in South Africa. Obviously, most recently you were with the Roynet Group, uh, but you also had a stint at Vodacom, if I remember correctly, and you may even have had a career in the banking sector. Am I remembering correctly? Yes, Duncan. Morning. Yeah, morning. I, I've had quite an interesting career. I started off at Nedbank, working in the computer room, putting paper in an IBM 9800 printer huh? and worked my way through the bank into project management. That then led us to building Nedtel Cellular, which became Nashua Mobile. And I was there until 2008. As a CEO, I then went to Vodacom to head up their supply chain logistics and their online digital services, where I was uh, involved in the launch of M-Pesa. In 2012, Ronit asked me if I would come back to Ronit and join them on the board, looking after their ICT companies. And at the end of uh, 2020, I decided to take an early retirement. And in the July or June, July, of last year, the CEO of Rico globally asked if I would come and join Rico International. And I'm now the head of Rico International, looking after about 100 countries for them, which includes Africa, Middle East, Russia, Pakistan, uh, Guadeloupe, of all places, Where and is a that? couple of others. <laughs> so that is in the, in the South Americas. It's what they call the Dom-Tom countries. It's the old French colonies from years ago. Interesting, interesting. So how's retirement going then, Mark? It's uh, the very opposite of, of retirement. It seems to be back to a 12-hour day. And the last month, is, fortunately, the last two months, has been quite frenetic with travel again as travel's oh. opened up. But mm-hmm. travel's very different. Travel is not the way it was before. There's no such thing as booking booking a seat, booking a flight, and uh, auto check-in. The... the uh, plethora of paper that you have to take with, which is great for us as Rico, by the way, <laughs> it, it really, it, it definitely has its challenges. And I've been to a number of countries, Morocco, I'll be flying to South Africa tomorrow night for five days. Nice. Uh, that also has its own set of paperwork with the, with the uh, government in South Africa too, as well as the government here. Very interesting. And, and just just a little bit of background about RICO itself, Duncan. I didn't realize how big it was when I was at Nashua Office Automation. And we are have been a RICO partner at Nashua for what? For I think it's 47 years. But it was founded in 1936 and employs over 80,000 people. Good grief. It's the scary thing is its turnover is 235 billion Rand. Incredible. And Predominant print, the core of the business has been print. We are number one in the world in print, not, not, not necessarily home print where the other players, you know, but your typical office print is where Rico's a very, very strong global player. And we're now going through a major transformation. And that was one of the reasons they've asked me to come and join them is to help us with our partners. I look after 200 partners, as I say, in 100 countries. How do we help them transform to to the to the uh, new way of work, or as we call it, leading change at work, as we become a digital services company, and document workflow, document process engines, a lot of things in the office today are 
going to move from physical paper into a virtual paper world. And Rico, in the last uh, two years to three years, have purchased no less than nine IT companies. And one of those is DocuWare. And another one that we've built over the last year is the one we want to talk about today is the Rico spaces. How do we create a safe environment for our people to come back to work? Absolutely. And we're going we're gonna to talk in some detail about Rico Spaces, and it really does sound like an interesting proposition, an interesting solution for enterprises. But before we get there, I must introduce our second guest on the podcast today, and that is Jacques van Weyck. Jacques, you're CEO of Rico South Africa. Um, how long have you been with the company? Uh, good morning, Duncan. Good morning, Mark. Um, I've been with Rico South Africa now for 14 years in various roles and various positions. And, and I think my entire working career mostly uh, are within this industry um, in various positions, uh, responsible for various territories. So experience not only from a local point of view of South Africa, but extensive experience in Southern and East Africa, including West Africa as well. I've been the CEO for Rico South Africa now for four years. And my primary responsibility together with Mark currently and with Mark's support, the Rico Europe support is leading the digital transformation for Rico South Africa locally, not only for our own business, but for our business partners as well. Excellent. Well, welcome to the podcast, Jacques, and, and to you, Mark. Um, as Mark has already uh, intimated, we are going to be talking about Rico Spaces today. And I had a sneak peek at the solution a bit earlier this week, and it really is fascinating. So I'm looking forward to to the, the, the discussion over the next little while. Um, we're specifically going to be looking at how companies are managing the return of their workforces after the pandemic and uh, companies obviously taking different approaches to this. Some, some companies, in fact, have said uh, their workforce can continue to work from home indefinitely. Others are saying, uh, no, we need to have people back in the office. It, it's important for company culture uh, and it's important for, and uh, Mark, you were saying just before we started recording, it's important for uh, more junior staff as well to have that interaction with senior staff, which they probably haven't been getting over the last 18 months, right? Yeah, if I just if I just take a quick step back and give you sort of an international view of what we're seeing across all the other countries, is yeah, please the do. Majority yeah. of countries are now looking at a 50-50 blended work, 50% remote and 50% in the office. But one of the things which has been highlighted, and not just now, but right at the start of COVID, is how do you help apprentice and junior staff to understand your culture? your value proposition, what is the product set that you, you, you have. But, but, but most of all is how do new employees engage in, in your purpose as an organization? And this is really one of the fundamental things that I think we need to try and find that particular balance with. A call center agent, yeah, you could probably work remotely, but I do think that if they're not getting to the office at least once or twice a week, they're missing out on the cultural aspect, the team chit chats, the camaraderie that really helps build that uh, that that value proposition that a company must deliver for its customers. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a bit about Rico and how you guys have been. Um coping through all of this. Um, I mean, everyone, I think everyone uh, for a period of time anyway, was working from home in 2020 and and there's been a gradual return to work. But um, how, how has Rico managed it? Are you are you mostly back in the office now? So we were very fortunate at first is that we've been doing a lot of work in the digital space for, for, for a number of years. So when it hit us, it was a shock to the system. 
and 30,000 employees across Europe were suddenly sent home and told to work from home. Our systems having cloud-based network, cloud-based security, cybersecurity systems in place, et cetera, we were able to actually move that workforce to the home. The challenge is, though, your customers' printers aren't at, at the employee's home, and you do need those, those technicians to be able to go to, to the customer's place of work, and in a lot of instances, to the customer's homes to help them set up their uh, work from home. So it was, a, it, it was a big adoption, but it was an easier adoption for Rika because of its DNA and where it's coming from. But nonetheless, it has been a big change. And to answer your question to follow up, we are slowly getting back to work, but it seems to be a little bit like a, a power supply problem. It's on for a while, then it's off for a while. So mm -hmm. if I look at Austria, Austria's just gone into a 22-day lockdown. Germany's going back into lockdown. In the Netherlands, they're encouraging from the government to work work from home even more again. So it, it is flip-flopping all over, and we're having to adjust constantly. But our aim across the whole of RICO is to have this 50-50 work balance between remote work and mm -hmm. office work. And, and Jacques, let me bring you in here. We're in a COVID lull, if I can call it that, here in South Africa at the moment. So warnings of a potential fourth wave to come over the December-January period, but at the moment the cases are fairly low. Um, are, most, uh, are most RICO employees working back at the office now here in South Africa? Yes, Duncan, most of our employees are back at the office. We've got three sets of employees, if I'm able to group them together. The employees that deliver customer service, and those employees are out in the field all day and, and has been out in the field throughout the entire COVID process. Um, uh, perhaps not at the capacity that, that we had before COVID, but most certainly they are out in the field 100%. Um, then you've got your revenue generating employees and they, we all have them back at the office. And then our back office employees, we've got the same sort of hybrid model that currently exists in the Rico Europe point of view. Um, we work on a 50, 50, 60, 40 basis. But again, we're finding, as Mark said, is that you're missing out on some of that collaboration. Um, you've had new employees over the last two years that you've had to onboard, that you've had to educate, mentor, train. And we found it very difficult to do those things and accomplish those things mm -hmm. within the sort of remote work environment. So, so by and large, where we are today, most of our employees are operational and working from the office. Great. Well, let's let's start to uh, let's start to tease out Rico Spaces and, and what it is. And Mark, let me let me bring you back in here. Um, I guess there are there is still concerns. We see the th these waves of COVID coming and going, as you mentioned already. Um, how do you how do you increase the confidence of employees to come back to the office um, and and to feel safe in the office environment? Um, I, I think that you've 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 intimated that there needs to be a change in the way offices are run and managed. Um, but how do you how do employers do that? What what needs to happen? I, I think I, again I'll go a little bit wider than just the way the workspace is managed. The way the workspace is designed mm -hmm. is radically changing and Teams, Zoom and other products like this really has leveled the playing field that you can be talking to a CEO, you can be talking to a to a to a, a, a admin assistant or something. And everybody's pretty equal on a platform like this. What that has led to is a much more open work environment where there are no more offices. Mm -hmm. 
there are lots more meeting rooms where people go and collaborate again with these tools, AV tools and all sorts of other tools like this to allow people to be able to share work in different different areas at the same time. So the staff wanted to understand, is it safe for me to go to work? Is the company following the, 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 the various legislative rules to ensure that I've got proper safe distance, there's proper health and safety in place? And we then, as Rico, having such a large workforce, developed some tools that a number of other customers have asked if they can purchase them and use them as well. And this is where you can book a desk, you can book a parking space, you can book a meeting room, you can arrange for AV equipment or broadcast equipment or all sorts of other equipment to be available for that specific time. Now, what that means is that having this 50-50 work, 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 hybrid working from home and from the office means that you actually need a lot less workspace. If you start taking out the big offices of the exec of the past and you open up all that space, at Rico uh, Europe, which is head office in in London, just, just off Regent Street, you can imagine what the rentals were like there. We had four floors. We now have one floor. Wow. We're closing multiple buildings across, across Europe as a result of both the tools and the hybrid working. But the tools, as Jacques will go into more detail, allow you to measure the productivity of your rental space. And it's not just about booking the space. It's about the staff member knowing in advance that is their desk for the day. It's reserved for them. It's a parking bay. So instead of having a parking bay for Mark Taylor with a title, it's a Rico parking bay. And there are X number of them. And those who reserve them first get to access them first. And there's many more aspects to this that Jacques will talk about as well. But the future of it, I think, is going to get even more exciting using tools like facial recognition, which will then be low touch. You'll be able to enter a building. And again, Jacques will go into more detail on the analytics that can be built behind this, who's in the building, who's not, et cetera. So we've really had to reorganize, first of all, the workspace and then organizing the workforce within this new workspace doesn't sound like it's going to be good news for landlords mark <laughs> it's probably not a good business to be in right now but jock let's uh, let's bring you in here tell us a bit more a bit more about the solution and what it can do for companies yeah thank you duncan what i would like to do is i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be using our local um business as an example because we have got rico spaces integrated within our organization straight through not only not only locally but in our regional offices in durban and Cape Town as well. And if we look at if we look at what are important to our customers, most notably, um, they are the elements of growth, the elements of digital transformation, specifically coming out of the COVID process and realizing that print potentially as part of your workflow process needs to be digitized. And that was driven hard during the COVID process. And then optimization of your business operations. And I guess you can put your premises that premise space into your business um, optimization uh, element. Okay. From a staffing point of view, of course, the very first time we had communications with our staff to say, um, we need you back at the office, there was most certainly fear. There was definitely fear. And I think what we did in most businesses across South Africa did is we had to comply with certain of the legislation and, and, and the guidelines from the Department of Health and the Department of Labor 
And, and those guidelines allowed us to put a certain amount of staff member back on the floor so that we are able to get our staff back and get our staff back safely. We found that that was incredibly important for our staff. They were really, really interested in the process. They were really interested in the guidelines and how that would keep them safe. And we, like many other organizations, developed first, I think, paper-based uh, processes and then, then uh, Excel processes and then HTML processes at a local level to manage the staff coming back and to integrate that COVID screen process that we're all going through nowadays, whether you're coming to visit our business or whether you go to a restaurant or whether you go for a beer, um, you've got all these COVID screen processes. The processes are really laborious for our staff and they, they most certainly are laborious for our customers. Um, they're not touchless. Um, there are very few COVID processes, certainly in the beginning that was touchless. And, and again, you had to ensure that the sanitization process had to take place to, to, to continue to drive the safety through to all of our staff. The Rico Spaces product was initially designed to manage the workspace um, utilization. And that was a solution that Rico developed. It is hosted in the cloud on the Azure platform. And the utilization of this product for our customers was accelerated due to the COVID process. Now, how do, we, how do we utilize the product at a local level? The product is hosted in the cloud. So A, it is a web-based application, HTML, so from your desktop. And then we have native applications that sit on your tablet or on your mobile. So I myself could get up in the morning, I go onto the application, and what is displayed on the application is a complete internal map of our premises. And whether I'm visiting our premises in Durban or Cape Town, I'm able to access and I'm able to view what seating is available for me. Now, Mark mentioned in, in, in Regent Street, the Rico Europe Head Office, that there are no offices. And in Rico, South Africa, there are simply no offices. I roam through the building and one day I will sit here and one day I will sit there. And I need to book my space as any one of our staff members or any one of our team members have to book a space. So I can go into the application. I can book a desk for the day, or I can even book a desk for the next three days if I'm traveling to Cape Town to, to ensure that I've got those desks available for me. I can book parking, and that is now integrated into our COVID process, so our COVID questionnaire. I sim simply arrive at the office, I get my temperature scanned remotely, and I walk to my desk, and on the desk, we've got a little QR code. I scan that QR code, and basically, I am now checked in. Now, what does that allow me to do from an analytics point of view up to that point? I can, in fact, see who's in the office. Now, Rico South Africa is not a very big operation, but imagine, imagine an operation where you've got 2,000, 3,000 people working. Um, we are able to see who has checked in and who is at the office currently. So that is of critical importance to us. And then we are able to manage not only our own staff, but visitors coming into the organization from a capacity point of view. Now, from a practical point of view, the way that we do at Duncan, we simply make sure that certain of our seating is blocked off. And so a person, a staff member or a guest is unable to book some of that seating. Furthermore, I've got a, I've got a meeting with Mark and we've got a collaborative meeting and I need some of my staff members. I'm now able to book a meeting room directly from the app. More so, I'm able to book some of the audio uh, visual equipment that I require for that meeting. 
And even now, and we've taken it so far at a local level as well, I've got an external customer visiting us. I can I can book on the app to say, listen, um, customer's going to be here for 10 o'clock. At quarter past 10, please can we arrange for tea and coffee or water to be delivered to the meeting room. Okay. Um, so you, you can see very, very quickly what we are able to do is we are able to, to manage our current space so much more productively, so much more productively. Bringing this back to COVID, and, and I'm going to use Rika South Africa again as an example. We had an exposure. The exposure came from an external guest, and we were able to go onto Rico's faces for that morning to see when the guest arrived, where did we take the guest, who potentially was exposed to that guest during the couple of hours that the guest was on our premises, and then kicking the standard COVID protocols. Whereas in the past, potentially we would shut down an entire wing, we would send 30 or 40 people home, um, they would have to get tested over the, the next six days and then slowly migrate those people back into the office. And so, so the disruption to our business is minimized, but more importantly, and I think this is, this is perhaps the message that Mark and myself have placed on the table, our staff have got comfort that there is a process and a system in the background that keep them safe through this, through this element. So Jacques, I imagine that that'd be very useful as well if there is an emergency, for example, like a, a fire alarm and you need to evacuate the building and uh, you'll know very, very quickly uh, if anyone's left inside, right? Great example. Absolute great example. I visited our Cape Town offices last week. I spent the entire week there and on Friday morning, the fire alarm went off um, and the regional manager went on to Rico's faces and he said, we've got 13 staff members that checked in for the morning. Who are they? He went around and gathered those staff members. And we missed one or two staff members, or quickly able to locate them and then walk them out of the of, of the premises. And, and I've got to tell you that process probably took us five minutes to consolidate. And again, our example is a small example, but imagine a business with 300 people, 500 people that you now need to run around. And there is in fact a real emergency for you to manage. This just assists you in that process, absolutely. Mark, it's, um, I think it's, it's, it's fantastic for, uh, for employees in terms of feeling safe in the workplace. And Jacques touched on the benefits for COVID monitoring in the workplace, et cetera. But I imagine there's uh, also some uh, employees who might feel a little bit concerned about uh, being perhaps monitored more closely than they were in the past. Has there been any pushback in the deployments you've done from employees? There was a little bit of pushback at first. And I think some of the is around about the trust factor because you you are not able to understand when somebody's in and out the building. Yeah. But if you go back 20, 30 years, it's not much different to clock cards in that sense. And the more we explain to them, it's it's really to help them to make sure they've got a workspace they can go to, that we know when somebody is or isn't in the building for all the reasons that Jacques was discussing as well as well as somebody may come in for a couple of hours in the morning, free up the desk. You want that desk to be free for the next person. So it's about explaining the whole efficiency for the organisation as, as, as well as for themselves. So, yes, it did take a little bit of time to get the trust adoption going. The other thing is what we found is at first, which is quite unusual, we didn't expect it, some people hadn't booked a desk and the building was full to capacity. So. Unfortunately, we had sent people home in London. 
If I just digress a little bit, I've been going into London for the last 12 months, sort of once a week, twice a week, if possible. And looking through the buildings behind us is one of the world's biggest software companies and a few others. They were empty, not a single person on the floors. Now, over the last couple of months, you're starting to see more and more of those people come, come back to work. And more of those companies are actually approaching us for this particular software. You know, we've seen some of the biggest telcos across Europe, some of the biggest network medical uh, providers asking us for this type of software or, or, or this actual software because it, it really is helping them manage their their workforce better. Yeah. But there are other tools if you really want to monitor people. Like There are tools within Microsoft and other platforms sure. to measure when people are active, not active, keystroke activity. But we, we're not really into that. We're trying to build trust. And it's sure. trust sure. us with the system and we trust you to come to work and check in, etc. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a bit about re- return on investment, Mark, because um, I think I think we've kind of touched on that with that point. Um, uh, we've spoken about how this can save you office space, not great for the landlords, but um, can save you a significant amount of money in the long term if you're not renting uh, or not needing as much office space. But um, what other ways can you re- measure return on investment from this solution? Can you measure the impact on employee productivity, for example? Now, it's been difficult to measure the productivity per se, because that would be the output that the person's required to deliver as a function of their job. This tool doesn't measure that. Mm -hmm. This tool provides an actual safe environment, but it does help drive the the efficiency of the income statement or the expenses. So, you know, as, as I was saying, we are closing offices right the way across Europe, the UK, and others, the, the, the impact of that on us becomes millions of pounds. Millions of pounds. Millions mm-hmm. of pounds per year. And if you start adding that up in the other side of the equation to say, how often are those meeting rooms actually used and do I need that many meeting rooms? Now, if they're 100% utilised, you have potentially too few meeting rooms and therefore you're not getting the productivity mm-hmm. of the team which you want. Mm-hmm. Or you have too 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 many meeting rooms and therefore you're not creating enough desk space for the people at the office. So it becomes a bit of a balance at first. So that to me would be as a sort of a form of productivity. Am I able to quickly access a meeting room, collaborate with the team and then go back to my sort of desk work workspace? Let's talk about a practical example. I mean, we've touched on on how Rico has deployed the technology, Jacques, but um, you're in engagements right now with a large telecommunications operator in South Africa about deploying the solution. Um, Maybe maybe take us through that case study and and how they're hoping to use this solution internally to to, uh, improve their productivity and their efficiency. I think, Duncan, there are two elements to this. And and if if we go back to when we went into lockdown in March, of 2020, some organizations found that they are in fact able to work from home. In in, in most cases, 99% of their staff were able to work from home. And perhaps in 99% of the cases, their staff were were productive and and the output required was was delivered by staff members. But I think we've also realized during the, the COVID process that what you are missing is the collaboration element. It is, uh, and, 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 and I always say it's the, the water cooler talk that we have on a Monday morning after the weekend 
to to talk a little bit about the rugby over the weekend. Um, how was your weekend? How was the weather? Um, and we create we create relationships. Uh, we create links and we yeah. create uh, communication channels. And that is missing in the COVID process. That is was absolutely missing in a total lockdown process. And I have to say to you that that in the process we have found staff members that have absolutely thrived working from home. And their preference still up to today is to work from home. They're really comfortable with that work from home environment. Um, and, and perhaps it suits their it suits their current space. But we've also found staff members that really, really struggle in that process. And I think that that the mental health is an element that we that we consider from a Rico point of view and our customers consider. Our customers absolutely consider. So now you have this element where you where you are saying my staff can work from home, but in fact a hybrid model will will build me a better business. And how do we bring those staff back to the office safely and provide a safe environment and give them the tools and the space to be collaborative, okay? And to build those relationships, to build those communication channels that we might not have had in the COVID process. The examples that I always use is if, if I sat next to Mark and, and I needed to chat and ask something, I would turn around and say, hey, Mark, I, can, can you give me some advice around this? But if I want to do that today, I have to set up a call with Mark, mm. okay? So that impromptu process of communication, solving customer problems, solving solutions in our business simply is so difficult in the remote work environment. So the big telecommunications company that, we've been, that we are currently engaging in and, and, and that we are building a POC for, that was paramount for them, how to get the majority of their staff back in a safe environment, in a hybrid environment, but continue to drive innovation, collaboration. That was step number one. But if you look at and this being a large South African telco, you look at the size of the premises that they occupy. Now, very quickly, when you, when you implement spaces, you are able to see what your potential premise requirements would look like, what your meeting room space would look like. But also what we are looking as a solution for them is that they are able to track movement throughout their premises during the day. And so now we're, looking, we're now looking at almost people workflow. Why, why do we have to move from one area to another area to perform our duties? And how are we able to streamline that workflow that's, and, and make that space and that environment more productive for our staff members? Okay. So this is not tracking whether you are at the office or whether you are doing your work. It is tracking as why do you need to walk 100 meters that way to go perform a task and come back to your desk um, and how are we able to reorganize the space that give us better productivity and get our staff, get our staff together in a way that allows for an easy set of collaboration? And, and that is really the project that we're working on with them currently. Interesting. Fascinating stuff. Uh, one wonders um, how this is going to change over the next decade. We, of course, see uh, people like Mark Zuckerberg talking about the metaverse and the how um, how augmented reality and virtual reality are going to integrate with uh, with the real world, and and he's given examples of of what that might look like in the in the work environment where you'll be sitting next to a colleague who's actually not there physically next to you, but it looks like they are. Um, but I guess this is quite far in the future, and we need practical solutions uh, for the for the here and now, right, Mark? Yeah, I do, and I, and I just want to just emphasize one of the points that Jacques was talking about is. Yeah. I don't think we should ever underestimate the mental health issues of the last 18 months. 
you know, we have a lot of people who are living at home alone, who for a long time didn't get out of their home. And the difficult part is, and I, I'm dealing with a specific employee on this at the moment, mm. was working 12 to 18 hours a day, never got away from the desk. Sure. And their entire life became consumed with, with work. Sure. Uh, you know, we, we, we forget what it's like to, to, to drive to work. I mean, most of us couldn't tell you whether the traffic lights were green or the color of the car next to us was white or black, et cetera, mm. because you, you, you go into a different zone when you're out of the workspace. So yeah. the, the, the mental health issue has really be, become a big thing, and we're, we're very conscious of that. And a lot, lot more effort is actually going in for, for all the companies that, that, that we deal with to make sure there's much more engagement with your staff. Mm -hmm. uh, this week alone, I encouraged all the people across, across, across the whole of England who work, specifically my team and my head office is in, in, in uh, Amstelveen in the Netherlands. And I think it's about eight of us based in the UK. And I got them into London for two days, took them out for dinner, whatever. And you know, some of the guys said they haven't been out for months. It's, it's, you know, we need yeah. to fix that. We do need to fix that because that, that I think, will have a different type of workforce in the future, Duncan. I get worried about that type of workforce. Yeah. It's not engaging. And I also, personally, I believe you lose the innovation of a company. You know, I, I, I sit literally opposite the CEO for Rico Europe and the COO. And it's easy for me to turn around and say, I'm working on this deal for South Africa, with a government, et cetera, can we do this, this, and this? Yeah. For me to set up a call, it could take a week or two weeks because people are dying to busy. But, you know, we'll, we'll walk to the kitchen, make a cup of tea, have a quick chat, and it's done. Now, that stuff is lost. And I, I really yeah. would implore on more companies to try and find that, that way of getting people to engage more. And... Maybe these avatars will give us some of those answers that I can sit back and say, you know, <laughs> excuse me, David, Nickel, I'm working on this deal in Africa. Maybe get stored somewhere so when they go and get a cup of tea, so Mark was just asking, what do you think of this? So <laughs> maybe there is some sort of benefits in this space. If we can dream it, we can make it happen, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exciting yeah. stuff. And, and Jacques, are you seeing a similar thing? I mean, how do you, how do you um, work to prevent employee burnout in your organization here locally? Uh, mental health and and I've got another saying that I've tagged onto mental health Duncan is mental fitness um, you know as we look after our bodies I think that we also have to train train our minds and our psyches around that um, mental health and mental fitness are incredibly important for, for us as an organization it is part of what we manage with our staff and, and you know small elements that I've implemented in our business to, to, to almost force a break I think that communication has become probably one of the, the most used communication tools and the fastest used communication tools across all businesses. So I've put time limits on, 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 on business-wide communication um, so that in the evening there is a break for our staff and in the morning that there is a break for our staff. Um, I'm not expecting staff members to respond to emails at, at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night. Now, 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 we always have the viewers we send an email um, at nine o'clock at night because we work, we work the hours we do. The reality is that that person receives that email, um, you know, it puts stress on them. They, they feel they have to respond. They feel they have to, to, to show 
that they take their job and their position seriously. So those small elements we have implemented across our business, and that is a formal communication. Team, be conscious of what time in the morning you start sending business or WhatsApp. Be conscious right. of weekends. Be conscious of the evenings when you communicate with your staff. And I guess that ultimately makes it a better place to work. Yeah, it's it, the, the intentions that, but you know, I was talking about some of these staff who are working these these hours. So in Eco International, we probably cover eighteen time zones. Yeah. And if you just take in the Middle East, the Middle East Friday is their Saturday, right. Sunday is their Monday. So you're yeah. getting emails in your inbox twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. And some people in these global companies, I'd love to mention some of the ones that we're working with. I just haven't got permission for this particular podcast to actually do that. But some of these companies are actually struggling with this type of thing that to say people, we need to find that balance and hopefully having things like spaces, time for work, planned planned work, et cetera, comes back to the that balance. And yes, it, we should always be creating a better workspace for our, our employees but also a better work environment for our customers. Before we wrap, gentlemen, I just wanted to ask a final question about Rico Spaces and, and who it's really targeted at. Is it, um, is it large enterprises only or uh, is it targeted across the board, Mark? So I will give my view. Is the companies we're dealing with at the moment are, are, are a lot of large enterprises in the main, but we are starting to see mid-sized companies People who employ 20, 30 people now should be managing their, their workspace, their workforce better, uh, especially if they, do, if they are engaging with customers and they've got customers coming to, to visit them for demonstration of products or, or for other engagements. So it pretty much is any. And, and probably more so, you know, again, careful I will say this, but governments, you know, government departments, Department of Home Affairs licensing things. Imagine if you could book that proper time slot and that particular person at that desk to go and do that piece of work at that time. It'd be a new passport, driver's license, birth certificate, whatever. There's no reason why these products cannot aid that type of process too. Yeah, let's hope someone in government's listening because I had to go through that process the other day and it was rather painful, I must say. Jacques, uh, yeah, concluding thoughts from you. Uh, uh, if anyone wants to learn more about Rico Spaces, uh, how do they go, go about doing that? Yeah, anyone wants to contact us um, on either through the web or through our um, sales email address, sales at rico.co.za, um, we are able to contact them and, and, and support it. I think that I think that Rico Spaces for us is, is almost that fulfillment through work, creating a safe environment for your staff but at the same time, creating an environment where you're, where your staff are able to collaborate um, and where you are able to grow your business and then at the same time managing your expenses and, and driving productivity up. And that would be my conclusion. I think that what's important here is that Rico Spaces was a product that was developed for Rico and we're now transferring those solutions to our customers. Okay. And we use our own solution on a day-to-day -day basis. Of course, you've got the extended uh, functionality around managing COVID exposures, uh, emergency exposures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fascinating discussion. Uh, Jacques Convec is, of course, CEO of Rico South Africa and Mark Taylor is CEO of Rico International. 
it is indeed a brave new world out there uh, in the world of work. And I thank you both for sharing your insights into how it's all changing. Much appreciated, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Duncan. Enjoy your Thank you.